This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up on Vancouver Consumer, it's all about cryptocurrency. If you've got some questions about cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, and whether or not that could be part of your investment portfolio, we've got an expert. Mitchell Demeter is the president of Netcoins. They're at netcoins.ca, a local company which helps Canadians buy, sell, and understand cryptocurrency. We'll talk to him But first, here are some of the consumer news headlines from the past week, with retail stores, restaurants, and nightclubs slowly getting back to normal as we moved into phase three of the restart plan in BC this past Thursday. We did pass a promising milestone. On Wednesday, it was announced that BC has passed the 5 million vaccine threshold, around one-third of adults fully vaccinated. And that maybe calls for a toast. And we should be able to do that soon outside for uh, at a few more locations. Uh, after allowing alcohol at three street plazas earlier this year, Vancouver councillors are being asked to double that number. In a report coming to Vancouver City Council next week, city staff are suggesting public drinking be allowed at three more plazas on city streets. One in Kitsilino at West 4th and Maple, Uh, Two on South Granville, one at Granville and 13th, the other at Granville and 14th. It costs about $5,000 maximum to set up and run each plaza until the end of this year's program in October. The three locations that have been approved already are at Camby and 17th, the plaza on the 800 block of Robson Street and East 27th and Fraser. It was a record-setting week for the province when it comes to the weather, some incredible heat, very tough for us to stay cool. And a Burnaby renter says she is lawyering up after a landlord threatened to evict her for buying and using an air conditioner during this recent heat wave. Sasha S., she didn't want her last name used, says she bought the AC unit this past Tuesday. Her landlord found out about it And she says he flipped, mainly because he was concerned about the energy it would use. And she pays a set fee for utilities every month. Sasha says the AC is the only reason she survived this past week. She also said she was willing to pay more for utilities, but is now digging in her heels because of the threats from the landlord. She says she has it in writing about what she will pay each month for utilities. If the landlord continues with an eviction order, the case would likely go to an arbitrator. Those kinds of disputes about utilities, electricity, gas, all that stuff are usually pretty common, but it's up to the landlord to establish that they have valid grounds to evict. That's why experts in this area say it's important to put any restrictions on utility use in writing on the tenancy contract. And is it just me or is everybody playing pickleball now? If you haven't seen it, it's kind of like tennis, uh, but it's played in a smaller space. Sounds funnier. More and more tennis facilities around the Lower Mainland have been converted to pickleball. And now White Rock Council has just announced that Centennial Park will have a dedicated pickleball court, at least for a six-month trial period. 
it had been a shared pickleball and tennis court, and that's led to disgruntled players on both sides. Councillor Christopher Trevelyan says they'll give it to the pickleball people for six months, and if they need it all day long, it'll stay. But if it's underused, it will go back to a dual pickleball and tennis court. And a group of Fraser Valley cyclists have been pedaling since 5 a.m. this morning, hoping to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for cancer research. The Ride of Hope will be going on until after about 9 tonight as they log 410 Ks in one day. The event was started by Daryl Fox, Terry Fox's younger brother. About 15 members of the Fraser Valley Try Like Terry team left Terry Fox Plaza at 5 a.m. this morning. They expect to wrap up just after 9 at Vetter Park in Chilliwack. Daryl Fox's dedication to raise money for cancer research, of course, stems from Terry. He says he's determined to do whatever he can to eliminate this disease. So good luck to them and stay hydrated. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, if you're confused by cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, our next guest will have some answers for you. He's the president of Netcoins. They're online at netcoins.ca. Mitchell Demeter is next. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And most people have heard the term Bitcoin. Many of us don't really understand how it works. It was created in 2009, around the time of that last big recession. Uh, its value has skyrocketed since then. It's now currently sitting at just over 43000 Canadian dollars for one Bitcoin. Uh, but it's getting easier to buy and sell them and other types of cryptocurrency as well, types that you've probably never even heard of. Uh, we're now seeing Bitcoin ATM machines at the convenience store. So where is this all headed? Well, we'll go to the expert. Mitchell Demeter was responsible for launching the first Bitcoin ATM machine in the world, right here in Canada, and then uh, put them around the globe. He's now the president of Netcoins, a company which helps Canadians buy, sell, and probably more importantly, understand cryptocurrency. They're at netcoins.ca. And Mitchell Demeter is with us right now. Hi, Mitchell. How are you? Hello, sir. Doing great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So um, lots going on in the world of crypto. Uh, it's such an interesting topic. So I guess let's start at the basics for people, because uh, I, I hear this all the time. People, uh, they, they don't know how it works. Um, just basically define cryptocurrency for us. Yeah, so, so Bitcoin is actually the most popular of the cryptocurrencies or digital currencies. And it was the very first one that was ever created. And uh, to date, it's still the most popular. Um, Bitcoin is often referred to as a digital version of gold because like gold, there's a finite supply. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. Right. So, so that is never going to change. Uh, so, so what about uh, uh, the concept of mining Bitcoin? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be in existence can almost be thought of as being buried, buried underneath the Earth's crust, similar to gold. And so miners, basically, they process the transactions. As I send one Bitcoin from myself to you, um, those miners are going to basically provide that computing power that's going to process that transaction 
and secure the, the network to make sure that, you know, nobody can go in and alter that ledger that says I, I transferred one Bitcoin from my wallet to your wallet. And right. in the, and the other part of that is um, as they're kind of processing those transactions, they're also essentially releasing new Bitcoin out of the ground, essentially out of, out of the code into circulation. So, so they get those new Bitcoin as a reward. Right. But at the same time, there are cert there are only a, a finite amount of Bitcoin that there will ever be. Just to reiterate. Exactly. That. Exactly. And, and so in the beginning, um, the code was written so that um, every 10 minutes, a new block was discovered. So essentially a new block of gold, a new block of Bitcoin. And so every 10 minutes, 50 new Bitcoin were released into circulation and distributed amongst all the miners, all the guys that were all the people that were securing the network and, and contributing that computing power, um, they would they would receive a portion of that 50 Bitcoins. And after four years, that reward was cut down in half, down to 25. And then the following four years, it was cut down to 12.5 and so on. And so every four years, the miners all get a little bit less Bitcoin every 10 minutes. Yeah. So I guess that's why uh, probably the best way for people to think of cryptocurrency is is sort of it's similar to gold in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. If you think back to the gold rush in the beginning, you could go and you could you know dig gold out of the rivers and creeks with a spoon and a shovel. And that was very similar to in the beginning, early days of Bitcoin, you could plug in your old PC or gaming computer and mine Bitcoin. And just like today, where you need bigger and bigger equipment for mining, we've got these big open pit mines um, that require, you know, thousand tons of equipment. That's uh, similar to the Bitcoin mining that we see today. Right. So I guess when it comes to news uh, about cryptocurrency, uh, one of the things in the news is it's been a bit uh, sort of soft. I mean, the the rise of, I mean, we'll still talk Bitcoin. The rise of Bitcoin has been nothing less than meteoric. It's now at about 43,000 Canadian dollars for one Bitcoin, but that's actually uh, a, a little lower than it's been, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, earlier this year, we, we saw the price of Bitcoin hit about 64,000 US dollars per coin. Um, but, uh, you know, this time last year or, you know, roughly 15 months ago, we were down at about 6,000 US. And so you know, it's, it's definitely a volatile asset. Um, and if you, you zoom out, you see that it, it has, um, you know, continued to trend up. But, um, but but yeah, it, it's definitely volatile and it, it's pulled back a bit since the uh, since it, its current peak. Right, and I and I guess uh, you know in any kind of investment, uh, you know maybe that's a good time. I mean that's the time you 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 should be uh, maybe getting into it, and so you could you could use this as as a sort of an advantageous time. Yeah, absolutely. What I usually recommend is that um, you know people dollar cost average in. And so rather than trying to time the market, I always say it's better to spend time in the market rather than trying to time the market. And if you continue to just kind of average in, um, say buy $100 a month or $100 um, a week 
for you know a long period of time, then that kind of dampens the highs and lows, and you end up with kind of a, an averaged out price. And uh, and so you know that that seems to be a good strategy, and it, it tends to work over the last kind of ten years. Um, and uh, you know the other thing that I usually recommend is that you rather than paying too much attention to the price that people kind of look at more at the underlying asset and try and understand Bitcoin itself. And, um, you know, even though the price has pulled back, the development in the industry hasn't slowed down at all. Right. And that's where netcoins.ca comes in. Uh, it's, uh, not just a website, but it's also kind of an, uh, a place to get kind of, uh, an education, on uh, on cryptocurrency, we're talking to the president of Netcoins, uh, Mitchell Demeter. Uh, you can go to netcoins.ca. I should mention that uh, Mitchell is the winner of Business in Vancouver's 40 Under 40 Award in 2020, and you've been featured in uh, publications such as Wired, Time, Forbes. Um, and let let's talk about uh, cryptocurrency other than Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin, I guess, is the Beatles of cryptocurrency. Uh, but, uh, what are some of the other cryptocurrencies? What's the rolling stones of cryptocurrency? Yeah, absolutely. So, so on netcoins.ca, we trade about, uh, seven different assets. And I would say that the second most popular next to Bitcoin would be Ethereum. And it's a little bit different protocol. Um, essentially what they're trying to do there and what they've been working on and, and executing on fairly well is, um, kind of more of a smart money where you can program it to, and have the ability to basically execute contracts um, with this digital asset. Right. So, so what kind of person invests in cryptocurrency? I mean, you, we admit it's, it's a, volatile, a volatile thing. Um, so how, do, how does cryptocurrency fit into somebody's investment portfolio, in your opinion? Yeah, so that that's evolved fairly rapidly um, over the years. Uh, in the in the early days, it was a lot of you know kind of younger tech savvy people. Um, but more recently, we're seeing large in- institutions, um, you know, and large hedge fund managers, and you know some of the richest people in the world are now saying that you know, it makes sense to to be holding a percentage of of your portfolio in Bitcoin. Um, just recently, uh, the third richest man in Mexico said that um, he's holding about 10% of his portfolio is currently in Bitcoin. Um, wow. We've also seen companies like Tesla add you know, billions of dollars onto the balance sheet. MicroStrategy, another large tech company in the U.S., continues to, to add Bitcoin to their balance sheet. Um, and now we actually recently saw El Salvador um, declare Bitcoin as legal tender, and they're going to be distributing Bitcoin to their citizens. Wow! So that 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 must have been uh, big news around the offices of uh, Netcoins. Absolutely. Yeah. So Netcoins.ca is the website, as I'm saying. Um, so what do you see as the future for the way people deal? with cryptocurrency is it i mean we're i mean already the future is here people are going to uh, atm machines and doing it that way uh do you see a time where uh, cryptocurrency basically touches everyone's lives yeah absolutely um you know the the news out of el salvador was was a definitely a, a big one and since then we've seen other 
countries start to signal that uh, that they'd like to follow suit and actually make this legal tender in these developing nations. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of countries in the, around the world that don't have access to the, the uh, luxuries of a stable financial system like we experience here in Canada, and um, you know, and, and so this is where this technology really really starts to shine where anybody can download an app on their phone and send and, or receive money instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting thing. Well, when we come back, let's, let's talk more about the future of cryptocurrency and how uh, it can become part of an investment portfolio. Uh, Mitchell Demeter is the president of NetCoins, and uh, you can see them online at netcoins.ca. There's a lot of different um, resources on your webpage uh, for learning about cryptocurrency, and uh, it's a fascinating topic, and we'll be back with more with Mitchell Demeter from NetCoins on Vancouver Consumer right after this. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking crypto, cryptocurrency, and it's more than Bitcoin, though Bitcoin is a huge part of it. We're talking to Mitchell Demeter. He is the president of NetCoins. Uh, You can see them online, netcoins.ca, to learn more about uh, about cryptocurrency and, and you have a really interesting history. Let's talk a little bit about your history. I mean, we can talk about how, uh, net coins, your sort of mandate is to, to bring cryptocurrency to people and to educate them and help them make it part of your life. But tell us your story. How did you get into cryptocurrency? So I was first introduced to Bitcoin back in 2013. Uh, by a friend of mine. And at the time, I was really into Austrian economics and I was into gold and silver and precious metals. And uh, that's when, when my friend introduced me to Bitcoin. And, you know, a lot of the same principles and things that I liked about gold translated to Bitcoin fairly quickly for me. And at that point, it was really difficult to access. There wasn't really anywhere to buy and sell. There were no ATMs. There weren't really any exchanges. And um, so we ended up going and you know, we met a guy off Craigslist and went down to a coffee shop. And this guy had mined some Bitcoin and uh, we went and bought some, cash, or bought some Bitcoin for cash from him. And um, fairly quickly, I realized that if this was going to gain any traction, it was going to need to be easier for people to access. And at that point... Um, my friend and I opened up a brokerage where, uh, where people could come down to the store, they could talk about Bitcoin, they could learn about it, and, uh, and they'd be able to buy it from us. And uh, from there, we ended up um, buying the world's first Bitcoin ATM, which we launched in Vancouver in fall of 2013. After that, we went and set up Bitcoin ATMs in London, Singapore, Tokyo, Bucharest, and uh, we launched one of Canada's early Bitcoin exchanges. Mm-hmm. And it's a little daunting when people who are just getting into uh, cryptocurrency, they look at a Bitcoin and they think of a coin, but it's worth 43,000 Canadian dollars. So uh, you don't have to buy the entire Bitcoin to get started, do you? Absolutely not. That, that's one of the common misconceptions is, People think that they're priced out of the market or that they could never afford to buy one full Bitcoin. Um, And often that's how stocks work, where you need to actually buy one share. But with Bitcoin, you can buy as little as uh, $50 down to 
down to eight decimal places, it's divisible. So, you know, there's uh, there's definitely low, low barrier to entry. Right. And, and a question that uh, people have, and you address it on netcoins.ca, is security. Um, you know, people have, you know, people are always, I mean, that's the buzzword now. The, the new Apple computer ad is all about online security. So how can people be sure that their investment, their, their equity in Bitcoin is secure? Yeah, absolutely. One of the main things that we always recommend is that people take a look and, and do some research on who they're doing business with. Um, just like any industry, you want to make sure that you, you kind of understand who you're dealing with. And um, at NetCoins, we are a publicly traded company. Um, we're owned by Big Digital Assets, which is traded on the CSE under BIGG. And so with that uh, public company listing uh, comes a, a lot more scrutiny by the regulators, and we go through very thorough audits. And so, so that's not just financial audits. They go through our tech, our operations, our technology, um, you know, a, a very thorough top to bottom. And so, so with that, um, you know, our platform is, is held to a much higher standard. Um, for our main security of holding the client assets, uh, we work with a third-party company based in New York, and all um, of the client deposits are held in offline wallets. So they're, they're not connected to the internet, and uh, they're basically inaccessible without multiple video calls. So the so security of the actual hard assets is, um, is you know, basically above and beyond type um, type storage. Uh, for personal accounts, um, we do have multiple le levels of security where you can set up two-factor authentication, um, where you, you have to enter a code with your security password, as well as access the email before you'd ever be able to move any assets out of your own personal account. Right. And you hear these stories, uh, at least you used to hear stories about people who have had Bitcoin, but they couldn't find it. It was in a hard drive and the hard drive got thrown away. Is that, is that a possibility now? Yeah, absolutely. So, so there still is that possibility, um, you know, and, and we do encourage people to, to take possession of their coins. Um, you know, it's, it's basically the same as, as um, you know, if you've got, a, a stock or, or share certificate, leaving it with your broker, or you can take it and basically put it in your safe. And so you know, the, the, that's the two styles of storage. And when you do take it or you take the cash out of your bank account um, and it's held in your wallet, you do need to make sure you know where your wallet is or else, or else the cash is gone. And that's you know, very much the same. Right. We're talking to Mitchell Demeter. He is the president of NetCoins. They are online at netcoins.ca, uh, Canada's easiest, most trusted way to buy and sell crypto. And uh, it's it's an interesting thing. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the theories of cryptocurrency versus, uh, I'll, for be lack of a better word, I'll call it paper money. Um, how 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 does it compare and why do you think that cryptocurrency is a nice sort of hedge against the the typical supply of money in in countries like canada and the united states yeah that's a great question so you know um the world was for the most part on a gold standard up until about 1971 and um you know it, it's hard for most people to to kind of think about um, but governments didn't always have the ability to just print 
print more money. And when governments do print money, it often starts to create kind of economic imbalances. And we've seen this happen in countries like Venezuela um, where, or even Germany after the war, where, where the countries print too much money, there's too much money in circulation and, and the money loses value. And so when, when there's a money or an asset like gold, where it's very difficult to create more of it, which is where Bitcoin comes in and it can't create more of it, um, it tends to hold its value or its purchasing power. And, uh, and so what a lot of people are doing now is, is they're looking to hold a hard asset like Bitcoin that, uh, that can't be basically um, devalued. And, uh, and that's, that's essentially you know, a big part of this current movement. Mm-hmm. And so once again, I mean, gold really is uh, a very sort of similar asset in some ways. Absolutely, yeah. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. So let's talk about netcoins. Uh, you go to netcoins.ca for people who are, who are brand new at this. Um, and, uh, you know, granted it, it is a volatile, volatile currency. Um, but what is, uh, netcoins.ca? Um, how do you help people who are brand new to this? Um, you know, maybe they're not Elon Musk buying, you know, like a few million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, people who just want to kind of a, learn about it, and then maybe dip their toe into the water. What, what's the process when they go to netcoins.ca? Yeah, so the, the first place I always recommend people start is the Crypto Academy. Um, we spent a ton of time building out uh, some thorough resources that address those first questions that people have when they first want to start learning about Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Um, you know, obviously the... The rabbit holes of YouTube are, are deep and, uh, and it's easy to get lost. And so we've, we've kind of sorted it out into different stages where you can come in and, and learn the basics. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like you say, it, it, you, A, you don't have to buy an entire uh, Bitcoin for $43,000. It, it can be as low as 50 bucks. Uh, what do you recommend people do? Uh, do they set up a sort of a, a purchase plan, something like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I usually recommend the, the dollar cost averaging strategy where, you know, you allocate a, a certain percentage and, uh, and continue to buy on a, on a set schedule. That way you're, you're less concerned about the, the price movement day to day, but you're kind of just acquiring the asset over time. Yeah, and it, it's sort of very similar to any other kind of investment service. Um, you know, you you don't want clients to be staring at their computers twenty four hours a day, watching the you know the ebbs and flows of the crypto that they own. Yeah, exactly. I personally kind of look at it as a savings account. Um, if you were to hold you know a thousand dollars in your bank account uh, for the last twenty years. The, what you can buy today with that $1,000 that you put away 20 years ago is a lot less. And so, you know, when, when you've got an asset that holds its value or actually goes up in value, um, you know, in my mind, it's, it's a better place to be saving. Right. Talk about the support team at uh, netcoins.ca. Um, people are there all, all day long, right? Absolutely. We've, we've got an amazing team um, that just loves to talk about crypto and uh, they, they can walk you through setting up your account and how to make sure it's secure and, uh, and even answer a lot of the general questions. 
Right. We're talking to Mitchell Demeter. He is the uh, president of NetCoins. They are online at netcoins.ca, making it easier for Canadians to buy, sell, and understand uh, cryptocurrency. And uh, I'll mention it again. Um, Mitchell is the winner of Business in Vancouver's 40 Under 40 Award in 2020. He's been featured in Wired Magazine, Time, Forbes. And uh, we talked a little bit about you know, the supply of money and how countries often print a lot of money. And now that we're off the gold standard, there are some concerns there. Um, inflation being a problem. What is your prediction for, I mean, obviously nobody knows the future, but what do you see happening in the next five, 10, 20 years? And, and how does cryptocurrency fit into that? I think we'll continue to see adoption on a nation state level. Um, we're seeing the, the movement happening in El Salvador where, where they're saying they prefer to use this as their national currency over the United States dollar, which they were previously using. Um, and uh, I, I think the same way that countries and central banks hold large reserves of gold, I think that, um, that these these players will start to hold Bitcoin on, on their balance sheet. And, um, you know, I, I, in the long term, I, I think we'll continue to see the price rise. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be in existence. So not even 21 million people can, can all own one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting stuff. And I thank you so much for talking to us. Mitchell Demeter, the president of NetCoins. Check out netcoins.ca. And uh, it's a whole sort of learning resource for this, this uh, new world of cryptocurrency. So we will talk soon, Mitchell. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for having me on. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, it's Duly Noted with our producer, Benjamin Dooley, who will talk about the return of the PNE. That's coming up next on CKNW. And it's time now on Vancouver Consumer for Duly Noted. And today, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at the return of the PNE. Thanks, Martin. The Pacific National Exhibit will return in August. A pared down version of the fair will run from August 21st to September 6th. The PE will operate at reduced capacity and will follow COVID-19 safety protocols outlined in Step 3 of BC's Restart Plan, which went into effect on Thursday. Some of the more popular PE attractions will return, like the Super Dogs and Nightly Live Music. The PE Prize Home Draw will take place, though the house itself won't be on site this year. Tickets can be purchased online starting Friday. The PE was cancelled last year due to pandemic restrictions. In May, fair organizers said even a modified lower capacity in-person PE fair would not be possible in 2021. Later that month, they said they were cautiously optimistic about the pr- prospect of a fair after BC health officials announced details of the province's restart plan. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Stick around. The news is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.